0: Welcome to the special edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm your host, Surreal Gerald Quinn. And on this 2nd of April, 2020, as of course, we dis- discuss the world of sports and pop culture. As always, you can I'm streaming live here on my YouTube channel. You can catch me on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, as well as Blog Talk Radio later on this evening, or maybe even early. Tomorrow morning, I mean, I'll put it up by uh, by midnight or so. Um, We're gonna start doing these special editions of the podcast in terms of looking back at classic NBA finals games. So we're gonna start that this week, or NCAA tournament games as well. This week, of course, we begin. And again, hope hope everybody out there is staying safe uh, through this. Devastating time, and you know, hope you're up there enjoying your family and your loved ones as you, as most of you, or so, at least as some of you work from home. Um, so just wanna just wanna say that. So, we're gonna look back at game seven of the NBA Finals 2010, Celtics Lakers. Of course, everybody we know what happened in the game. Um, I hadn't. I had not rewatched this game. Surprisingly, surprisingly, as a Laker fan, you would figure that I would rewatch this game at least ten times. But let me be honest with you. I hadn't rewatched this. This is the first time last week. It's the first time that I rewatched this game in its entirety. And see, I had seen various clips towards the end and what have you on YouTube, but this is the first time that I ever had rewatched the entire. The entire game and um, it was a game where was basically three years in the making these were the two dominant teams from 2008 from the 2007 2008 season through the 2009 to 2010 season they should have met three straight years in the finals the only reason that they did they didn't meet in 2009 was uh, uh Kevin Durant, excuse me, uh, Kevin Garnett injury against Utah mid-season. I think it was around February of 2009. He gets hurt. Boston gets all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. They lose, or excuse me, Boston got to the Eastern Conference Semifinals. They lost to Orlando in a Game 7, where if you remember, Orlando just went nuts when from behind a three-point line. And Orlando, of course, beat Cleveland, and then would go on to lose to the, to the uh, Lakers in the Finals but Boston was the best. Boston was the second best team. I mean these were the two best teams over the over cumulatively 3 years without question. Um now this game this was at the end of the rope for um for both these teams in terms of being championship caliber teams. I know Boston were going to make the Eastern Conference finals in 2012, but that again that was more of a case of the Eastern Conference still being weak, and the fact that uh, you know that series was competitive because Chris Bosh was hurt. Let's keep that's be honest about that. Boston's best team in this run was 2009. The Lakers' best team in this run was 2009. But both these teams were veteran late were veteran teams. Lakers were coming off a championship in 2009, um, and both these teams basically you know basically were um heads and shoulders above anybody else in during the playoffs we know what we know how boston got here boston goes through cleveland they in in at the time seemed like an upset but in reality it really wasn't an upset when you go back and look at those at lebron james team that 2009 Cavalier team that won over I, I think I think that team won like 60 six games i believe that team won 66 six games that year but they were they that team was was very limited once you got past lebron that was a limited team the famous you know they beat the uh that was the, the ron the famous rondo series where lebron where rondo Rajon rondo 2010 was basically a a a coming out party for rajon rondo rajon rondo that's when it, it kind of became the big four as those guys started getting older rondo started emerging as as probably the team's best player i think he became the team's best player in 2010 he was great in the playoffs and he was tremendous in 2012 he was off the charts great in those, in that playoff run so you really started seeing it in 2010 he outplayed lebron in that series and we we you know we could kind of know why lebron struggled in that series no need to get into that those details but um Celtics relative, had a relatively easy path to the finals. Uh, they handled Orlando in six games, were up by as many as uh, three to nothing in that series. And never you you never got the sense Orlando was going to beat the Celtics uh, in that series despite it going to six games. On the other hand, the Lakers in 2010 um, had the best record in the conference, number one seed despite... They were, I think they won 56, 57 games that year. But they were coming in, they were sort of vulnerable because Kobe was not, his, you know, Kobe was not always healthy with his knee. Um, he gets his knee drained midway through the playoffs. Then he goes on this streak of 30-point games. Then he had like eight straight, eight or nine, 30-point games in a row. Uh, they have a tough, get. they have a tough, they manhandle Utah. Um, they have a tough series against Phoenix that was closer that was a that was a very close series against the Phoenix Suns. That was a very that was a good series. That was a very entertaining series. The Ron Artest shot in game five. Then you had Phoenix almost makes this wild comeback in game six. Kobe goes crazy in the fourth quarter, hits all these just ridiculous shots, the famous tap tapping uh Alvin Gentry as he hit as he's hitting the fadeaway over uh, Grant Hill who played no who played near perfect defense. You couldn't you couldn't defend a shot better than what Grant Hill did. So the Lakers coming to playoff, going to that finals, um, going gunning for their second straight championship in their third straight finals and trying to avenge a two thousand a bitter two thousand eight defeat in the finals to the Boston Celtics. Now two thousand eight when these teams met, um thought the Lakers were favored. Lakers were actually slight favors in that series. Boston had a better team. Boston was dominant that year. They were, you know, they were more experienced. They had uh, more physical. They pushed, they really pushed the Lakers around, really controlled that series. Now the Lakers had an opportunity in game four. It's 2-1 in the series. They're up 21 points. And Boston comes back from a 24-point deficit in game four. To go up 3-1. And of course, the series was over at that point. Lakers win game five, but then got just demolished in that game six where they lost by 32 points. The Gatorade shower on Doc Rivers. You have the bus, you know, Lakers' bus being shaken by uh Celtic fans. And that really was a low point for the Los Angeles Lakers and for Kobe Bryant. Remember, up until that point, Kobe hadn't won anything without Shaquille O'Neal. And that, if you remember, that was a famous video Shaq came in, came out with, after the Lakers lost that series with Kobe Bryant, telling Kobe Bryant, how does my ass taste? If you remember that? He said, he said that, in, I believe he was in a Miami club when he uh, said that, put that, you no, know, that became viral. And Kobe had to deal with all that. So Kobe wins the championship in 2009. 2010 you want this matchup to happen again. It happens. Uh, the first four game this first four games of this series was basically on a seesaw. Lakers win game one, Boston wins game two. Lakers win game three, Boston wins game four and five. And we head back to LA in game six. Lakers down 3-2 but then they had one of the most dominant defensive performances that you'll ever see in the finals holding Boston to 67 points, 33 percent from the field. And it set up a game segment in which it was basically only the strong survive, surviving. Um, average score of the series 90 to 87. Uh, this was as physical of a series as that, that you will ever see. And considering, this is 2010 now. Now, I know 10 years ago seems like a, is, is a turning. How much the three-point, you know, with the three-point shot. This is before Steph Curry, you know, did his whole transition. This is before Golden State. But at this point, 2010, we scores are starting to go up. We're not seeing as many. You know, we've gotten past that era where Detroit, Detroit, the Knicks, the Spurs, as far as some of the low scores in the playoffs. We kinda offense is kind of offense is kind of, has kind of not taken over the NBA, but it's got it's gotten better. It became more it was watchable during that particular time. This series was a rock fight, to say the least. Only twice in this series did either the team crack 100 points. That came in the first two games. You had no time in this series that both teams cracked 100 points in the same game. I just gave you the average score, um, 90 to 87. So this was a, t- this was a series... A series, even a game, where both teams—there was no fooling one another. Both teams knew each other to a T. Everybody knew each other. They had, you know, again, this this would have been they met twice in the regular season, so that's 6-12. six, twelve. Uh, do some quick math here. This it would have been the nineteenth time they had met in three years. It's a lot. That's a lot, considering you know. Eastern Conference versus Western Conference team. So they have met 19 times. Is, they have met 18 projects again. They have met 18 times in three-year period. Knew each other well. What was on the line, Kobe going for ring number five and going for another back-to-back. The Celtics beating the Lakers in game seven in L.A., reenacting Shades of nineteen sixty nine with with uh, Bill Russell beating Will Chamberlain and and and, um, and Jerry West. You had Doc Rivers aiming for his second championship. You have Phil Jackson going for number eleven, which would extend his record of uh, NBA championships. So there was there was a lot on the line in this game. And this game, to me. Was bigger for the Los Angeles Lakers considering what had happened. Number one, having the game seven at home. Um, teams, for the most part in history up until this point, do did not didn't lose game sevens at home. I think prior to this point, there had been seventeen game sevens at home, and the home team had won thirteen of them. And even in the playoffs, with of course NBA history, winning percentage was like eighty four percent in terms of the home team with a game seven. So. Lakers had all the pressure to me, even though, you know, you had an older Celtic team, even though you got the sense that this was going to, this was going to be it for the Celtics in terms of a level of a, of a uh, in terms of being at a championship level. So Celtics have no Kendrick Perkins in this game. He hurt himself, hurt his knee prior in game six. That ended up being a big loss for them. And, but despite the fact that, you know, no Kendrick Perkins, Rashid Wallace came in. And at this point in Rasheed Wiles career, he was strictly a perimeter a perimeter player, a perimeter shooter. He was strictly that's all he wanted to do was shoot threes at this point. Now in this game, he had some nice post-ups and had some good post he was able, he could had the ability to post up. But basically he was a spot up three-point shooter at this stage in his career. Wasn't quite a defensive player that he once was. This was towards the end of Rasheed Waz's career, but if you need a fill-in for one of your starters getting hurt at the front court, you can do a lot. You could have done a lot worse than having Rasheed Wallace. He would have a he would play an excellent game. Excellent game in this um, uh, in this game seven. The game started out with um, basically both teams trying to fill each other out, and you had Kobe Bryant, who again, one of the few times that I saw Kobe in a big spot outside the early Utah air balls, really feel the pressure and really was pressing um, to – was really trying to do too much. I mean, he he came out – he came out taking shots that you were just uh, – if, if you were the Celtics, if you were an opposing team, that you was like, thank you, please, please take those shots. So he comes out and can't, you know, hit the side of it, Couldn't hit the side of a a backboard. Couldn't hit the side of a barn. Mm -hmm. um, Celtics jump out. 23-14, Van Gundy and and Jackson and Mark Jackson were killing Kobe Bryant. That's what you love about Kent Van Gundy and Mark Jackson. They are not announcers that are players' first announcers. They will actually get on the player. It doesn't doesn't matter who. They'll get on LeBron. So 23-14, both teams – You know, Rondo's in control as far as controlling the pace. Um, The Lakers couldn't do anything against against, And this was throughout the course of the game. The Lakers couldn't do anything against the Boston set defense. Most most of the Lakers' offense came off offensive rebounding and, and in the latter part of the game especially getting to the line. Against Boston's first initial defense, Lakers couldn't do anything. Um, And really, this was this was a half. This was a game where no one in the first half was in a great rhythm offensively. Like no one got hot. Um, No one got hot. The Lakers were down um, forty to thirty-four at halftime, and again. Gasol, Kobe, through the first in the first half, were six for twenty-six, six for twenty-six between those two. Only thing again, the only thing that was keeping the Lakers in this game was offensive rebounding, and Ron Artest. Ron Artest, by far, not only was he the best Laker. Now I know Gasol had nineteen eighteen, but not only was he the best Laker, but Ron Artest was the calmest person on the court. By far, maybe Rondo was second. Maybe Rondo was was a close was second, but Ron Artest was in total control, and we of course we will follow will follow up on that um, later on after um, after we going over the game. We'll follow up with the, with why Ron Artest was was so in control. It was a funny just a funny story that he a great press conference, Ron Artest. That was priceless. The work interview, the interview and then the press conference from Ron Artest was, um, you just can't. You can't beat it. But uh, Artest had like 12 points at halftime. Um, the Lakers, again, were shooting. Lakers only shot 32% for the game. Throughout the first quarter, looking here, first quarter, first half, the Lakers shot It doesn't show for this first half. For the, throughout, for the, throughout the course of the game, the Lakers for, for the game only shot 32% from the game. They only shot 70, 67% from the line uh, for the game. So they couldn't make a shot, and but they were pounding Boston on the offensive glass. I mean, they getting two, three, some sometimes even four shots on the offensive glass. Um, at a time, which certainly negated uh negated their uh their poor shooting. This game was not a, was not a was, was not one for the faint of heart uh at all. The officials and to the officials credit, now you look at free throws, um Kobe and Gasol would end up shooting more free throws than Boston attempted. Kobe and Gasol shot twenty eight free throws between the two. The Celtics only attempted 17 as a whole. Boston really uh, offensively got most of their stuff in the open court with Rondo, or or via the jump shot. They didn't get too much in. They did not get too many looks inside. It was maybe a couple of Garnett, you know, a couple of Garnett dunks. Wallace, Rasheed Wallace, did have some nice post ups, but for the most part, Boston's Shot Boston's offense was was uh, you know was in transition where they were getting easy offense or you know Paul Pierce mid range jumper a couple threes um, especially late in the game but for the most part they're, they're they had a hard time generating offense and this is when this is when what got exposed uh, especially in that fourth especially in the fourth quarter was having someone who you can just get a ball to and you can say, and get out the way and get out of the way. They did not have that. Rondo was just not a good enough shooter, even though he had a big game in this game. Paul Pierce had lost enough in terms of his first step. And he never was a good, he never was a, a great athlete anyway, from an athletic standpoint, but he, and you know, Pierce had 18 in this game. Pierce was okay in this game. Uh, But, it, they did not have that player that you can just give the ball to. And it was kind of like, hey, I'm either going to get to the line or score. The Celtics, and they were not, at this point in the Celtics, they were not constructed that way. You know, they were about the team. They were about ball movement. Everybody touching the ball. This wasn't built that way. And it really cost them later on in this game, particularly in the fourth quarter. Now, 40-34 to 34 at halftime. Yup. If you're a Celtic fan, you have to be feeling pretty good. Kobe can't make a shot. Their only, sense of, their only offense is the offensive rebounding and Ron Artest. You have to think that, hey, if we tighten up just a bit on the offensive glass, clean the glass a little bit, Artest cannot continue this. He will not make – he's had the best half. Um, he's not going to keep this up. He's not going to – this is not going to happen. So you had to be feeling good about – where you were at at halftime. Third quarter, Boston comes out. Boston comes out. Um, there's a, They're up by as many as 13. The Laker crowd was dead in the water. Again, Kobe continued to struggle. And all of a sudden, Lamar Odom gets going. And I think Lamar Odom, who only had seven points, and I think all of them, all of his points came in that third quarter. As I look here, yeah, Odom had – Odom had – only Odom for the game only had seven points. But it's not so much about how many points he's had, how many points he has. It's about how much – it's about when they came. He was three – so Odom had a big third quarter. He was – in terms of plus-minus, he was a plus-eight. And remember, this was a time when Odom was still was coming off the bench for the Lakers. Bynum started the game, only played like 18 minutes. Um, only played like 18 minutes. Um, Odom, their best lineup back in that time was was Fisher, Gasol, Kobe, Gasol, uh, Ron Archess, and Odom. That was their that was their money lineup. That was their closing lineup throughout the throughout the course of those last you know, throughout the course of that championship run. We remember, Bynum spent a lot of that time with you know being hurt. So Odom with clothes, Odom you know at six ten, the Lakers could still play big. You could still have a big front court with Artest six seven, Odom six ten, and Gasol uh, seven foot seven feet. So Odom in that third quarter was three for four, five rebounds and two assists. Um, Fisher. So Odom had a big third quarter and that really it really gave I mean it really allowed them to keep the um to stay within striking distance going into the the decisive fourth quarter matter of fact at the end of three quarters at the end of three quarters you had uh Lakers outscored scored out scored a lot two in the third quarter like 1917 so it was a 57 53. At the end of three quarters, Boston had numerous opportunities to stretch uh, the lead out, and they did not allow that 13-point lead to stick. Like, if you're up 13 points, you wanted, if you're Boston, you wanted to be up against, the uh, have the Lakers up against it going to the fourth quarter. Down by four at home is nothing in a game seven. You know, Boston needed to be up eight to ten points. The of get the lake, keep the Lakers tight, the crowd nervous, the crowd getting, the, you know, having the crowd being nervous, having the Lakers wonder if they could actually beat this team, even despite not having Kendrick Perkins. So Boston allowed them to get back in that game and really blew that 13 point lead. That, that lead did not stick. The fourth quarter was, um, I would say the fourth quarter probably I probably took forever to play. Um, so fourth quarter, the Lakers outscored Boston thirty to twenty two. Now, Kobe finally gets it going. He gets to the line in the fourth quarter. went to Kobe went to the line nine times in the fourth quarter. Um, he was rebounding the basketball. He ended up having 15 rebounds. But the key to the fourth quarter to me was that allowed Kobe and Gasol to finish it off was Fisher and Artest. Fisher in that fourth quarter and Fisher for the game only had Fisher for the game had. I'm looking here. Ten points. Now Fisher in the game had ten points. Four or six had ten points in the game. Um, in the fourth quarter though, Fisher. Fisher was big in the fourth quarter. He hit some big shots in the fourth quarter, including a three that would tie the game, that would tie the game at 64. Fisher in the fourth quarter, no, that was his only, yeah. Fisher in the fourth quarter hit a big three to tie the game, um, to tie the game up. And then you had Gasol and Bryant closing the game out with, with their physicality, getting to the line, offensive rebounds, uh, made big shots down the stretch. And at that point, I really thought that in the fourth quarter, they, that they physically, the Lakers physically wore the Celtics down. And I mentioned earlier, um, the Celtics had 22 points in that quarter. A lot of that came, a lot of that came on a sequence that was that, was, that would probably go down as one of the wildest sequences in NBA history. NBA Finals history uh with about a minute without a minute and a half left with all those three point shots. But the Celtics, the Celtics had a difficult time just getting getting the offense in that fourth quarter. And that's where you need a guy that can, you know, that can uh that can score the basketball or get to the line. And even Kobe, even going Kobe went end up ended up going six for twenty-four. But in that fourth quarter, he scored 10 points and got to the line. He scored 10 points and got to the line, but got to the line nine times. He only made one shot. He only made one shot. He had a pull-up jumper against Ray Allen to put the Lakers up by four. But he got to the line nine times. Gasol got to the line ten times in that fourth quarter. Um. And again, that that was the difference. They had two guys that could that can get offense in big spots. The Celtics didn't have any in that fourth quarter that could get offense in big spots. Uh, you look at you look at that fourth quarter. The Lakers scored thirty points in that fourth quarter. Twenty five of them were between uh, Kobe, Artes, and um, or Men of World Peace, and Paul Gasol. Fourth quarter for the Celtics, Look at Pierce, Rondo. Pierce, between the four of them, Pierce, Rondo, Allen, and Garnett, between the four of them, only had 19 points between the four of those guys. Think about that. 19 points between four players in that fourth quarter. And I and again, a lot of those points were on three-point shots in regards, to Lon, Rondo, in regards to Rondo and Ray Allen. Half their points were on three-point shots, and that was towards the end of it. That was towards when they were in a desperate in chase mode at the uh, end of the game so again having a guy or two guys that you can get the ball to and get offense either going either to get into a line of scoring you know there's a lot of times the difference between you know winning and losing uh in these finals games and we saw it in the nba finals game seven with miami and, and san antonio san antonio has miami has lebron james San Antonio at that point didn't have anybody that can create offense for themselves effectively that can, uh, with Tony, especially with LeBron locking up Tony Walker, once you, you know, once you eliminated that, then they had nobody else. And that cost them that game seven. Um, so this, that was the case in uh, game seven, um, with the Lakers and Celtics. And again, I thought the Celtics wore down, physically wore down. They, uh, couldn't buy a basket. But give the Celtics a lot of credit. Um the Celtics made a made a run. So Gasol goes Gasol hits a shot. Now, a lot of questions about this shot. Was it was it a travel? Did he come down before he let go of the ball? In in slow, slow motion, yes. It looked like his foot touched the floor before he let, you know, let go of the uh, basketball, before the ball came out of his hands. But and maybe, maybe if we had instant replay, I wonder if we had an instant replay a challenge. If that not that might have been overturned. That might have been overturned into the, in today's game, which would have put the Lakers only up 74 to 70. Because the next minute and a half, you got some of the wildest basketball that you ever see. So it's 76 to 70. Wallace comes down, hits a three. Okay. Then you have Artest, hits a three. Then you have Ray Allen come back, comes out, comes back, hits a three. So you had, so it's now at this point is 79 to 76. Three straight three-pointers. On the Artest three was Kobe Bryant finally trusting a teammate in that game. Kobe Bryant only had two assists in that game. That was one of his two assists and his biggest, by far, maybe one of the biggest assists of his career. Uh maybe outside the 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 to Shaq in the 2000. Western Conference Finals against Portland that sealed that game. Probably the two biggest assists of Kobe Bryant's career. That was a big one. Um, and Ron Artest, you know, when Ron Artest releases that shot, I'm saying no, 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 And That was like one of those, no, no, yes. No, 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 yes. I did not think that shot was going in. <laughs> but, again, Ron Artest was the calmest person on the floor throughout the course of the game. He makes that big shot. They go up six. Ray Allen comes back down. He hits a, a three in the corner off a uh, Rondo pass to make it 79-76. Then, of course, you had the Vujicic free throws that would seal the deal to go for the Lakers to go up 83-79, and that was it. Um, the Lakers would take their second straight championship, 83-79, shooting only 32% from the – 32.5% from the field. Boston shot 40%. From the field, Um, you look at this game, uh, Boston, Lakers won this game on the offensive boards and the free throw line. Lakers shot 37 free throws and had 23 offensive rebounds. They out-rebounded Boston 53-40 to in this game. Um, I mentioned Artest. Artest had 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. 20 points, five rebounds, five steals, including a number of just timely baskets. We talked about that three-point play, that three-point shot. He also had a three-point play earlier in um, earlier in the fourth quarter. That was a big three-point play that came, I think, before the Fisher three. I think that would cut the lead from six to three, and then Fisher used to three to tie the, the, tie the game. He... Um, Single-handedly kept the Lakers in the game in the first half. Lakers would have been down by by minimum ten points, maybe more if it wasn't for Artés. Um, of course, after the game, Artest <laughs> – this is this was classic Artes, uh meta world piece. Talked about his therapist. Talked about going to therapy like before the game, the week, or a couple of, in between the day, like the day. I think he would say he went to therapy the game was on a thursday i think um game six i believe was on a i think game six was on uh sunday so there were a couple of days between game six and seven but being between in between game six and seven Artest apparently went to a, went to a went to a therapist and he played like he played like somebody who was who found a, found a happy place and he plays like he played like somebody who was just at total peace with himself and with himself in a high intense situation in a highly pressurized uh, situation. Um, he was, I mean, he was the MVP of the game for the Lakers. I know um, Gasol had 19, 18. He hit some big shots, but also missed a lot of free throws. Missed a lot of free throws as well. Uh, he was only like 7 or 13 from the free throw line. Um, Kobe, not one of his, probably, uh, probably the worst shooting uh, finals game or one of the worst shooting playoff games of his career. 6 of 24, um, 13 of 17 from the free throw line, but, well, 11 for 15 from the free throw, from the free throw line. Yeah, he was 11 for 15 from the free throw line in this game. Here's what I say about this performance. Now, I think that number one, he had he did he had 15 rebounds. Number one, two, and this is what. This is how a great player can impact a game even when he's struggling. He got to the line. That was a physical game, only again, 83 points scored. That he got to the line 15 times, 15 rebounds. Those rebounds were big, especially on the defensive rebound at the end, giving Boston no second chance no second points, second chance points. Um and more importantly, he completely took Ray Allen out of his game. Ray Allen was a non- factor in this game and Ray Allen early in the series had like had scored 32 in game two had set the then record for most threes in, a, in an NBA finals game before uh before it was broken by uh Steph Curry a couple you know in 2000 I want to say 2018 Ray Allen in this game now Ray Allen was three for 14 in this game he had 13 points. He hit a couple threes. He hit a couple late threes to make that stat line look better than it actually did. He made the stat line look a lot better than it actually did. I thought he had actually had less points, but Ray Allen really was a non-factor in this game from the, from an offensive standpoint. Now, give Ray Allen. Here's what I said about this Ray Allen performance. You'll look at the you'll look at the offensive standpoint and say he didn't do anything. He had to chase around. He his, he played some. He played probably the best defense of his life. On Kobe Bryant. This was not a game that Tony Allen was used. Tony Allen played about, Tony Allen only played five minutes in this game. The Celtics went ahead, both these teams really only played six guys double digits in terms of minutes. Um, I think maybe the Lakers played seven, if you include, yeah, Lakers played seven. With yet with far more Farmar and uh Jordan and uh, Lamar on the bench um with those guys off the bench but the Celtics didn't trust anybody I mean he didn't, like even Tony and Tony Allen Tony Allen had been on the team in the 2008 championship and played great and played well against Kobe uh in that 2008 Finals but uh this was a game where Doc Rivers did not trust he did, he did not trust his bench at all I mean those guys, uh, he went heavy with his stars. He had three stars playing over forty minutes. Rondo played like forty six minutes over the course of the game. Rondo was tremendous in this game. But getting back to Allen, 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 um, defensively, uh, you can't play any better against Kobe Bryant defensively, considering the fact that and he had no legs. You could tell from the majority of the game that he had no legs. Um, again, he hit a big three late in the fourth quarter. Hit a couple he hit a couple threes in the fourth quarter to make his stat line look better than it actually was but uh he was a offensively he was basically a non-factor in this game uh Rondo was tremendous 14 10 and eight hit a big three to cut the lead to uh two points before the booty free throws uh Rondo was in total control um, of this game and this was Rondo this this was out of stage in screw Rondo had no jump shot no jump shot whatsoever but and didn't but didn't take bad shots he knew he had no jump shot and was similar to kind of similar to ben simmons like he was not going to take you know he took that 3 of desperation but he was not going to take anything outside of outside for the most part outside of paint. so rondo was great in this game rashi wallace played well um in 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 return for uh you know for in, in for kendrick perkins I'm not sure they they would have won this game because of Kendrick. They had Kendrick Perkins because I don't think Kendrick. They you want to say they wouldn't. The Lakers wouldn't have guys made defensive re, offensive rebounds. Okay, you can say that, but uh, they needed Boston needed all those points. And Wallace Wallace in this game had um, had 11 points and eight rebounds and two blocks. Uh, I don't think you would have got double digits point double digit points out of Kendrick Perkins to be honest with you. So I, I think that the rebounds and point the lack of rebounds, it's not like Wallace didn't rebound. He had eight rebounds. So I, I don't make Kenner Perkins injury as big a deal as, as people want to make it, especially Celtic fans, considering what Wallace did in that game. Like if you like <clears throat> before the game, would you have said that Kendra Perkins was going to give you if if I said that hey, this is game seven, Perkins is healthy. He'll give you 11, 8, and 2 locks. Like, eh. Okay. That's not out. That's not out of may, okay. So Wallace gave you basically what Kendrick Perkins was gonna give you. It's not like this. Kendrick Perkins was never a big offensive player. And he didn't you didn't lose anything defensively with Wallace versus Perkins. The Lakers only had 81 points and they only had 83 points. So, um, and they, so I I don't think but Kendra Perkins missing that game was to me a big was was a big deal to be honest with you. Because you had somebody filling in that was just as productive, not more productive, in his absence. Um this would, again, this would mark the end of both of these teams and both of these franchises in terms of winning championships for the foreseeable future. Lakers would have a rough, of course, Kobe. Went on to win the finals MVP as he should have because um, he was by far the best player in the NBA finals. Like that, like you look at those games, you look at the, the those games um, up into game seven. I mean, Kobe, by like it was, it's not even close. Like Paul Gasol was a disappearing act when they when the series shifted to Boston for three, three game, games, three through five. Paul Gasol was not a major factor in those games. If you look at it, Paul Gasol, this base, Paul Gasol. Played great, depending on where the where the game was at. He played great at Staples, and was bad and was average at Boston at best. So that you're not giving him MVP when you have a guy averaging twenty eight and eight, and he's the best player on the team, and at that time the best player in the world. this just wasn't going to happen. Um, so Kobe win, wins his second straight Finals MVP, his fifth championship, uh, fifth championship for for Derek Fisher. Uh, he gets Ron Artest a ring. Remember, Ron Artest replaced uh, Trevor Ariza. Lakers like let go Ariza, and they picked up Ron Artest. Um, looking at the Celtic, looking at the Celtics, what they were able to accomplish from 08 to 2013: one championship, two NBA Finals appearances, three Conference Finals appearances. Um. That 2009 season, they'll look back and say, we probably could have possibly won another championship there during that time. They were not a championship team in 2011 or 2012. They were done in 2013. They were not going anywhere. And, of course, in that offseason, Garnett and Pierce were traded to Brooklyn. Uh, Allen, they would lose Allen after 2012, which it probably was the beginning of the end. Allen goes to the Heat. And the Heat won a championship in 2013. Of course, they were following a championship in 2012. But that really, that really, they really were done, and they really never, never could replace Ray Allen um, after they lost him in 2012. I and mean, of course, there was some bad blood between he and Garnett uh, over uh, going to Miami. We know the hatred between Miami and Boston. You know, I, you think about the Boston legs. I, you know. I don't. I'm not going to say they underachieve because, considering, yes, they had three Hall of Famers. Rondo was an up and coming point guard, but the bottom line is, uh, to me, they those guys were old once. Um, when they signed, when they signed in 2008, they were at the end of their. They were at towards the end of their primes. Like Kevin Garnett probably had. Two years, what, 07, 08, 08, 09, prime, where he was in his prime. Like, 08, 09, probably was the last, before he got hurt, was the last prime year, Kevin Durant, Kevin uh, Garnett. Pierce, I can make a case of Pierce's prime ended. I, I would say Pierce's prime ended after, what, 2012, 11, 12. Ray Allen's prime was done, I think, when he got before he – when he got to Boston, so those those that's why they were such a perfect fit because they were in they were they were at state at the stage in their respective careers where none of them none of them could carry a team, and they needed each other, and they fit perfectly together. Ray Allen playing off the ball, Pierce would be the guy that can initiate offense, and Garnett would be the guy that really didn't care about how many points he scored. He was going to be the defensive quarterback the leader, the emotional leader, Rondo, past first point guard that can also rebound and play defense. They that, that, you know, that team was perfectly constructed. They had some shooters with Eddie house. They had some good role players, Glenn Davis, Nate Robinson, that helped them win the finals game, helped them win game four. Matter of fact, in this series, um, Kendrick Perkins, again, an a nice, unselfish player who, was was a great post defender. He used to lock up uh Dwight Howard. So they were perfectly constructed, but I'm not so sure that they I think they probably account they probably did what they were supposed to do in terms of the five years that they played together. They probably did. And considering Miami uh would you know would be considering that Miami would be put together in two thousand the summer of two thousand ten when they team probably went as far as they uh, were gonna go and probably maxed out as far as what they were going to do as far as the Lakers after that it was a rough now unlike the Celtics Lakers were favorite going to the following season behind right behind Miami they definitely were favorite to get to the finals and a lot of people in my clue myself thought that the Lakers could possibly make a run at a 3p it was not to be they were embarrassed in the conference semifinals against Dallas uh they were swept. 2012, they lose to a much younger and more athletic um, Oklahoma City team with Duran and Westbrook and Harden and company, or Vaca. And that was, that, of course, 2012 with mark Kobe Bryant's last playoff appearance um, because in 2013, in, late in the season, Kobe Bryant tears his Achilles. Again, they were embarrassed in the playoffs against the Spurs. Um, four game, you know, getting swept. And that was it. Um, Kobe tried to come back, kept continuously, got hurt. They end up breaking up the team. Uh, Howard didn't sign, re-sign with them in 2013. And the Nash, you know, Lakers tried to do a Miami thing with the super team. It did not work out. Um, but in 2012, 2013, Nash couldn't stay on the floor. The Chris Paul trade was vetoed even before that in, in the fall of 2011. That hurt. That really hurt the franchise. And that really that the vetoing, the vetoing of that trade set their franchise back about five years and probably took years off Kobe Bryant's career. You get Chris Paul in 2011. This is prime Chris Paul. This is when he is the guy, the, the point guard in the NBA. He's at his apex. Okay, in 2011, Pete, Chris Paul, along with Kobe Bryant, who was still at an all NBA level, still a top three, top five player. 2011, maybe you had LeBron and Durant were the only better players than Kobe Bryant. Third best player in the league, probably in 2011, 2012. And, you know, I I think that the video in that trade really, that really was the nail in the coffin. Before that, you know, you had that. Even, you know, following getting swept by Dallas, you put Kobe and Chris Ball on the team. That they would have, they would have, Kobe would have won another championship. He might have won another ring. He might have won another ring. Because then I think that you, you know, maybe Dwight Howard, they're able to keep Dwight Howard. They're able to acquire him. Never. they always had to the Bynum, Pete, the Bynum chip to move to get Dwight Howard. That was already, and Biden was starting to emerge. He had an all NBA year, 2011, 2012. So I think Howard probably stays to play with Chris Ball. And you have Prime, you still have Kobe at the end of his prime. That's a championship team. You have Kobe, Chris Ball, and Dwight Howard. And, you know, even if you had to get rid of Gasol. So that was the end. That really was a nail in the coffin once. The Lakers were not able to uh um were not able to did, once the NBA vetoed that trade. So this was, you know, and the Lakers have not been hadn't up until this year hadn't been in the playoffs since. You know, they go nearly go a decade without being in the playoffs. The Celtics would go into rebuilding mode after 2013. They did two years of rebuilding before they start before Danny Age did a tremendous job at replenishing talent and getting them back in the playoffs. In and uh, the 2015-2016 season, so this game really um, was kind of like a fork in the road for both of these franchises, and a you know a signature game in the history of this great rivalry. Um, Boston still up nine-three in terms of finals appearances, in terms of finals wins versus the Lakers. But this was definitely one of the sweetest, probably the sweetest one of the sweetest of the history of the Lakers winning Game Seven at home against Boston, kind of uh, avenging that '69 loss, that loss back in 1969. So, well, it was not a classic series, but a a a, a tough physical. Grinded out series where you had some, you had great individual performances. You had the Ray Allen. Uh, you had the Ray Allen going thirty-two points in game two, the shooting exp- 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 uh, expedition that he put on. You had Kobe Bryant seventeen points in the third in the third quarter in game, uh, game five. He ended up scoring thirty-eight, had seventeen and a quarter, and just went crazy. You had, you know, the emergence of a Razor Wando and you had, again, Metal World Peace, Ron Artest with, you know, a unlikely hero in a game seven. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Real Deal Podcast. Game seven, 2010 NBA Finals, Lakers over Celtics. I will see you next time. I'm out.